Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today, I have with me Sarah Macris, who is a personal brand uh, consultant and I'm very excited to have her with today as one of the very first episodes for 2021. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, Karina. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you so much. It's been a, a good start to the year and I can't wait um, to get all the gems of gold out uh, from you today. <laughs> so let's kick it off. And how would you best describe yourself? Well, I am very driven. I um, love a challenge. I'm also a big lifelong learner. So I'm someone who you can always find with a book or doing a course or one of those um, things online. And I love a great holiday and great champagne. And I'm also a mum to two beautiful boys. Fantastic. Good champagne. It's always enjoyed over Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I think I might have had a bit too much, but... (laughs) very good very good now you've had an interesting career pathway to where you are today do you want to tell us a little bit more about that yeah sure so I started in um, public relations actually and I spent um, a few years doing that and then I I think the, the then I decided to move into corporate affairs and I think the last straw for me when it came to consumer public relations was when I had to um, publicize a frozen pizza that was probably the last time <laughs> that I, I thought that was it. No more, yeah. no more consumer PR for me. So I moved into corporate PR, corporate communications, where I spent most of my corporate career. So I worked for a number of the big brands and big companies in Australia, Holzmeyer, National Australia Bank, so forth, and loved, um, loved all of that and worked across media, issues management, crisis management, uh, investor relations, government, media and internal. So it was all, um, it was great. I loved my career, lots of travel, lots of long hours, as it often is in corporate. And then I decided to have children. So then I, um, I'm having my first child and I thought, okay, I'll take a little bit of time off, which I did. And during that time, I thought, what am I going to do that I can cross off my bucket list while I'm on maternity leave? Because I found it quite challenging to sit still and just do <laughs> do the feeding and the cleaning and it was, it was hard I found it really hard I won't lie uh, so I'd always wanted to be a fashion designer as um, a younger my younger self so I decided I'd go back and study fashion design which was really fun and I decided to set up a fashion blog which was called Silent Tonic with one of my girlfriends and that was really fun kept me um, and that was when a lot of people who were not it was sort of when the fashion bloggers had really started you know there was lots of, I think they, they all hate us. And there was a lot of the um, girls were starting to come out as sort of influencers and so forth. But I felt that I was a bit older than that. So I started this fashion blog, really loved it, had lots of fun. And then I had, was pregnant with my second child. Uh, I did work at NAB during that time as well. And then I decided to, once I finished with, once I had my second child, that's when I decided now it's time to hang up the tools for a little while. And then I decided, what am I going to do with my life now that I've grown up? <laughs> and, um, and I had to find something. I think the biggest change for me was realising that I had to find something that was going to fit my family and not just me. So I um, decided that I would use what I've learned 
and that was to become um, all, so all of my skills from corporate and bring them to the market in a way that worked for me and my family as well. And it still kept me challenged. And that's when I set up my business in communications. And I started off doing consulting. And now I work primarily with C-suites and um, senior execs on building their personal brands in the market so they can either attract clients or they can um, get a promotion or move to a new role. Wow, what a journey. That sounds uh, really exciting. And I love how that you were saying about work fitting your family. And so just quickly, can you say and give us a bit of an overview about how work now does actually fit around your family? Yeah, sure. Um, one of the challenges I found when I first left, when I first had had children, was my husband had his own businesses. And so it was never really an option for him to be at home with the kids or to be able to fit in and so forth. So that was sort of step one realisation, okay, I'm not going to be able to travel anymore and take on some of the big things that I was doing in the past. I now have to make these family decisions. And so it was important for me to be able to pick up the kids from school. That was one thing that I really wanted to be able to do. I wanted to be able to ideally not have to leave home that often <laughs> in terms of being constantly in different, um, different locations. And so working from home, being able to pick up the kids and just being able to do all the other things mums have to do, like housework, <laughs> all the other stuff, cooking. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's how, how, how it fits now. That's exactly how I've designed it. And to be honest, COVID um, has actually helped that because now a lot of people are very comfortable having lots of Zoom meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so I my clients over Zoom. So it's actually fitted well. Oh, that's great. And it's also really good to hear that, how you're still able to have the career as well and then suitably fit it around your family and obviously school hours and, and be there for the boys, which is, which is fantastic. Yes, and it did took me a little while to work out exactly how I was going to do that, but that was always the goal. So, and it's, you know, it's, it's, initially I started with a slightly different audience and so forth, but I find I, I really, I love my clients. They're all, they all challenge me in different ways and it's, yeah, I've definitely found my sweet spot. And that's the main thing. And also, if you're happy, if you're happy doing your job, then it's then going to yes. fall onto home, which I think is also yeah. a really big thing. Definitely. And so you talk about goals. So we've had yes. the start of a new year. We can put 2020 uh, on the back burner. As I saw a quote the other day, it said, 2020 had a virus for me. How do I restart? Uh, <laughs> so now we're skipping forward to 2021. Yeah. And so... How can we make sure, definitely from a career perspective and our own, uh, you know, maybe family goals as well, what advice do you have for starting the year off the best way possible? I am a big believer in having goals. I think it's really, really critical. And um, it's something that I've practised since I was about 18, I think, on every, um, every January. And I think the most important thing to do always when you start a goal is to not go for something that's super easy that you think, oh, yeah, I can probably do this. I think it should always be something that scares you a little bit and that gives you that push to, to you, you know, you might not know how you're going to get there, but you know you want to be there. So I think that's one of the really big, um, I always set myself really big lofty goals. And even if I get halfway there, then I've still got along a lot further than probably what I even thought I was going to get if I'd started with something smaller. So a big goal, I think when it comes to your career, I like to get as specific as possible. So I always ask my clients when they say to me, and, and it's funny at the moment because there's a lot of people who've made it, made it through COVID not losing their jobs. 
but they're ready to move and they're starting to think about what does that look like? And then I've got other clients who were impacted by COVID and they're starting to think about, well, what is that role that I want next year? And in both situations, I encourage them to look at something that excites them and isn't just a natural sort of progression, but also to get specific on the industries that you want to work in. What, what do you want actually want to spend your day doing? And what are the things that interest you? And what if you had to pick the job right now, what title would that be? What industry would it be? And be really specific about it and at least have a list of, say, 10, five to 10 companies that you might want to work for. So that's if you're moving. Otherwise, it might be a promotion within your company. And then again, specific, what job do you want? Put it out there in your, in your you know, you should ideally write it down every day. That's another thing that I am, um, that I'm a big believer in, write that goal, make sure it's sitting there on your computer <laughs> and you know what you're working for every day. And how do you go about that? Is it just putting it out there and just saying, right, the universe, it potentially could come my way. And, and also it's nice to have a goal, but then obviously there's steps that we need to put in place to make those happen as well. So clarity is really important. So I, I like to think that you should ideally have a very clear idea of what the industry is, what's, um, what, you know, where, you, where you're heading. But you also need clarity around you. So that's the other thing that's really important. So when you start with your goals, you've got your goal in place, then you need to come back to yourself and think, what is it that, um, you know, how am I perceived in the marketplace, for example? And how, how am I, um, what do I want to be known for? And um, how does that relate to where I'm going? So how am I currently positioned as well? And I think that's one of the first steps is to look at yourself and say, okay, so if that's the job I want, if someone came across me today, whether that's on Google or whether that's on LinkedIn, do I look like I'm someone who's going for that role or I'll be right in that role? Because you really want to be positioned for the next role, not for the role you're in. And I think that's probably um, something that's really important to remember on LinkedIn. It's not your resume. LinkedIn's about positioning yourself for your future, for your future goal. Um, also looking at what are you different? What makes you different? So what is it that you, um, so if, if, if you lined up 20 accountants tomorrow, what is it that makes that each one different to the other one and why they should hire you? Um, what's your story is another one to think about. What Everyone's got a different story. I'm yet to see someone with the same story. <laughs> Everyone has um, different things, experiences they've had throughout their lives. And one of the exercises I do with my clients is actually map out their decades and the lessons they've learned and the things that have actually come up for them in their life. And that builds their professional story. And it's amazing the themes that can come through for different people. And uh, so that's very important, how you are perceived and being able to articulate it. And I think this is one that... Um, that uh, some people do really well and others they sort of haven't really, I suppose, focused on. But when you meet somebody, what, what is your hook? What's your pitch? And why should I, why should I want to, ideally you want someone to say, wow, wow, is that what you do? Fantastic. Tell me a little bit more about that. So having that, that opportunity to connect with people in a really engaging way that automatically shows you that, that you're, shows them that you're worth knowing and where you're heading. Yes, having that a clear executive brand statement. So if you say, for example, your, your goal for next year is to go into um, a different industry, for example, then you'd probably, or, or say you want to um, get a promotion, you'd probably be thinking, well, what are the skills I need to be demonstrating? But also what are the skills I need to be positioned, using to position myself? So you'd want to be highlighting those skills uh, in that space as well. So it's also about looking where you are now, where you need to be, and also then yeah. filling those gaps and working out, okay, I'm quite strong on one particular skill. Or oh, maybe if I 
Google myself even of how do I come up and what are my search results? It's amazing what you, when you search for someone, how they come up and appear. Uh, It it can be quite a journey, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I mean, I spend, we do an, I do a 90 day program with my clients and we sort of work through all of these steps and it is a process, but and, and understanding where you are today and what, what, how you're seen in the market is obviously a really, good, really important part. But often it's, it's not about going and doing another degree or going and doing another course. It's just a positioning. So yeah. it's about saying, well, I've no, so if I want my, my boss's job and I know that she's, you've got to, in order to get that job, I've got to be, have really strong leadership skills. I've got to have really, um, I've got to be really competent on something else, for example, say um, financial te- um, knowledge. So suddenly you'd be starting to focus your positioning in your LinkedIn and in your talk and in your discussions with people and so forth. You'd be trying to highlight those couple of skills that you can. Wherever you can, you try to show that you've got those skills for the next thing. And it's, so it's less about going and doing the, like um, getting the knowledge and more about your positioning. More about the doing part. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, yeah. sometimes as, as mums, people will go, oh, I'm just a mum. I don't need to worry about positioning and LinkedIn. I just want a job. But mm-hmm. how important is it particularly because sometimes and more often than, than not, I even remember New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, someone saying, I've been out of the workforce for a few years, but I want to get back in and I'm really struggling because of really how I'm positioned and also how I'm perceived. She had uh, really no brand for her own personal brand of how she wanted to position herself and the perception and things like that. So, and I think sometimes, I don't know, just from my own perception, rightly or wrongly, we think, oh, because we're a mum, we don't deserve that or we don't need those goals because we need something that meets our family. But we can still have it, can't we? Yeah, yeah. and I think having it at... Realising that you can, you can have it at different times. And one of the things that I um, think is important to think about your career is uh, two things. One is I think you have to think of your career as a business and who you work for are your clients. So you, and the other thing is career insurance. So while you may not be having those big goals today to get to that next sort of um, um, job, right? So it might not be your focus for the next three years. It might just be having a job that you um, are happy with, that does the, um, gives you, you know, the mental challenge and keeps your skills current. So you might be there, but you, and so you might not be thinking about taking that next job, but if you lost your job tomorrow and you haven't built your brand, it's a lot harder to get um, the roles you want. And the other thing is if you have, if you have got career aspirations for the next say 10 years or five to 10 years, having built that brand will really serve you well. Um, I think the worst thing to do is probably to just fall off the radar, which I know is tempting <laughs> because it's got so many other things on your mind. Um, but it, if you think of it as insurance, keeping visible is your insurance and it's your ticket to your next job. And so you, you're saying about keeping visible. What do you mean by that? So visible um, is about having an up-to-date LinkedIn profile. It's about having networks that are uh, that can work for you. So staying in the loop, you know, with people that you might have worked with or people that are in um, are in the industry. I think it's also really important to stay current in um, the trends and the um, industry news. That's a, something you, that's quite simple to do. Uh, the other thing I think is reading books on your, your specialty and your expertise because things change a lot. Um, and p- publishing content. I'm a big, big believer in publishing content. 
So whatever it is that you can, whenever you can get out there and start talking and having your own views on things, and even if it's sharing something, and I say that with a caveat, sharing a post, sharing someone else's post is fine as long as you put your view on it. So sharing it is not really built, you know, generating content or visibility. But if you say, here's a great article and this is why I think that, and you have really clear, um, a clear position on it, then you're, you're helping to build your own brand. And you might be talking about, I have recently had a client who had left her role and she wanted, she, she, so she, she didn't have, um, she was looking at building her brand in order to get a new, um, a new job. And she was in the advertising space. So what she did was she, um, so she wasn't working. So if you can imagine that this person was, I mean, if you could imagine this was a person on Matley, for example, maybe they're in the advertising space. They might curate other brands. So they might say, oh, this brand's just launched this campaign. Here's what I think of this. So that could be a really proactive way of staying relevant in a space that, and demonstrating your expertise and your knowledge without actually having to have done the work yourself. Yes. And it doesn't matter about how senior or it doesn't matter your seniority in the organisation, anyone can do that, can't they? Yeah, and I think sometimes there is a misconception out there that companies might not want their, their um, staff sharing information but the reality is, is there's a lot of companies out there who actually really encourage it and champion it and it's only getting going moving towards that there's far less companies out there who are sort of anti it and any level I mean I see I see different all sorts of different levels and I think it's fantastic and I think the other thing people do um, worry about is how they're going to be judged there's, there's a natural fear that we all have sometimes of thinking oh what are they people going to think Reality is you're going to post first time you do it and maybe one person's going to see it. And then you're going to post again and one person plus your mum's going to see it. Or, and the next time it's going to be two or three or, you know, maybe your neighbour. <laughs> and it's a building process. And by then, by the time people, lots more people see it, you'll be confident and you'll be comfortable posting. Um, and sometimes it's just, yeah, jumping on, jumping on the horse and going for it. Yeah, and I think it's a bit of mums as well, particularly returning from mat leave and the different stages of motherhood. It's one yes. of those challenges, but I think it also comes back to that confidence factor as well of, oh, I can post, or also the confidence in yourself that you can actually go for those roles. It doesn't have to be the CEO, um, no. but just like yourself, you can have those goals of making a career around my family and doing being still very successful at doing just that yeah you can definitely um that's another another thing too and I think a lot of people have started thinking about that through COVID is how do I it's okay to change you know if you don't if you've worked in corporate for a while and you decide you know what I'm actually going to go out on my own it's still important obviously if you've built your brand you can actually build whatever career you want so that's another really good reason to build your visibility in the market because it might not next time next thing you get um offered might not be a role at another company it might be someone wants you to work for them and do some you might might be a new client so or a board position or there's so many different different things that you could be attracted it's all about trying to get people to know who you are so that they, and they know what you're about and what you do and what you can deliver and then you attract the opportunities yeah you're really putting yourself out there so yeah. how do you think that you can really go about building then that brand. And I think also, as I was saying earlier about mums, having the confidence, because I know that first step, as you said, is going to be yeah. the hardest, yeah. but saying, you know, being on LinkedIn and there's many other ways as well about remaining connected with those industries. 
it does come back back to confidence, but also people don't know where to start. So if you've been yes. someone that may have been on mat leave and you, as always on mat leave, you just do this career reflection of where am I going? How did I end up here? And do I want to go back to that role? And often we want to change or pivot our careers slightly. So yes. what can we do to, I guess, really help make those first initial steps when we're returning from mat leave and growing our confidence as a new mum, but also needing to build our profile as well? What, what can yeah. we do in that way? So the first steps I would think about is what do you want to be known for? Like what are the two or three things that regardless of who you are working with, how do they relate to your to your future plans. So for example, um, I mean, I have clients in different spaces, but one of them wants to be um, a CEO. Um, and she's, she, that's her next step. So leadership is a really important thing that she wants to be known for. And she's got some other things as well, but you know, one or two things that you want to be known for, and then start following those things on LinkedIn and start engaging with the posts that are, that are, that are put out there. And spend maybe 10 minutes a day. So while instead of spending, take 10 minutes off Instagram <laughs> and put 10 minutes on LinkedIn. Um, it's not quite as aesthetically pleasing, but, <laughs> but it's still, um, it's, it's worth it career-wise. Uh, the other thing I would do is to update your LinkedIn profile. So that is definitely something that needs to be done. Always a good picture, a current picture, a professional picture. Change your banner at the back to something different to LinkedIn because LinkedIn love um, will always prioritize people who have a different banner and whether it's a nice picture or a color or some keywords that you want to be known for, whatever it is, do that. Fix up your skills so you can have 50 skills. Make sure the three highlighted skills that you've got um, on LinkedIn, you get an opportunity to pin the top three. Make sure they're in line with what you want to be known for. So it's often they're something that get forgotten so you'll have something on there that you're like, oh, yeah, that was a skill I had 10 years ago or five years ago. <laughs> so update that. Think about your activity and just hang out on there a little bit in terms of connecting with your, um, your folk from the company that you worked for, worked for before you went on maternity leave, uh, any companies that you might want to connect with. There's, you know, easy ways to reach out to people. Most people are very res um, responsive and most people, like, actually really enjoy having new connections. And I think if you're in the same industry, then it's even even more logical that people will accept that. No, that's really yeah. good. That's really good use. And it's useful information as well. And, and as you said, it doesn't need to be big and time-consuming. 10, 15 minutes a day or even a couple of times a week, yeah. uh, it's very, very easy to go on and, and build that profile and, and connect with people. And yeah. so on that, is LinkedIn the main way that we can build our brand? Uh, it is. And I'll just, there's two other things I was going to say. One is um, hashtags are important in LinkedIn, but only um, a small amount. So, for example, I think at the moment LinkedIn's probably favouring posts with three hashtags. So think about what hashtags you want to follow. And, and when you do respond and comment on things, try and think of something that demonstrates your expertise. So it might, you know, rather than, you know, it's different to Instagram where you'll say, oh, this is, I love this or you know, great, thanks for sharing or something, you know. It's more about, ah, oh, this, is, this is an interesting point. I like the point you made about this. You know, so it's, it's a definitely a different dialogue. Uh, so it's worth, even if you give yourself a goal of two a day, you know, putting two comments, um, interesting comments on posts that you're interested in, that would be a good goal. Uh, sorry, other ways to build your brand. Well, you can look at um, 
you can look at all sorts of different things. I suppose having a blog, some of my clients have blog, um, their own websites because that's definitely where the way the world is heading. Uh, people who, regardless of where you are, whether you're in a corporate role or any role, having your own website can sometimes um, just give you that extra differentiation uh, instead of a resume or an in addition. Uh, speaking events. So any opportunity to get onto a podcast or a event or a live, you know, an Instagram TV live chat or anything like that where you get to demonstrate your skills and have an, a um, conversation with someone who's of the same sort of interests. That's a really good way to do it. Um, blogging, obviously, guest posting. You know, maybe you've, maybe you're really great at um, copywriting. Maybe you've done lots of media buying, or maybe you've uh, anything that you've done in your corporate space. Maybe you're great at spreadsheets. So you know, those skills are people out there actually value the skills that you have, and I think that's sometimes the the biggest thing that when you go on maternity leave, and you get caught up in the vortex of children and babies and all sorts of stuff you forget that you actually have these amazing skills that people actually really value yeah I think I think it's a really important piece and I um, often give the suggestion write down your top five or ten skills even before you go on mat leave because yes. you often do forget what you're good at or you're yes. good at yourself particularly re-entering into the workforce or going back to your role you're like oh am I still going to be any good at that can I still pretty much talk uh, adult language and can I still, <laughs> you know, know how to use Outlook. Uh, yes. It is a little bit right in the bark, uh, but it is a bit daunting because you do question, I've been out of the workforce for a while. I may have let my LinkedIn profile go a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Or um, I know when I was on mat leave the first time, I just wanted a career break. I was like, I've been working for the last 15 years. I don't yeah. want to think about it. I just need a break for myself. <laughs> Yeah, and let's not forget having children is not a holiday. You know, no. you're, not <laughs> you're actually are doing quite a big job while you're up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that that's definitely something we forget. You sort of yeah. go off. It's fine, but no. <laughs> no, and it's, it is a challenge and it is out there and I think also re-entering into the workforce and, and also giving yourself that permission that you can have a career after kids. Yes. And yes. that career, as you as you uh, know full well, can take on many different forms. It doesn't have to be the traditional nine to five. And I think also COVID's shown that to us in, in last year. So it's it's a really exciting dynamic time. And is that what you're also seeing at the moment? You know, 2020, we can now put that behind us, 2021 new year. Are you then seeing, as you've said, like with some of your clients, they're going through a bit of a change? And so it's also... You know, for, for working mums, start of the new year, new goals, it's okay to maybe want that career change. Are you seeing yeah. that as well? Definitely. And definitely um, people thinking, rethinking about what, how they want to work and where they want to work and the values that the companies have, I think is often um, something that I hear a lot of and also wanting to make an impact. So being, being aligned in a company that aligns with their purpose, but also wanting to feel that they can impact more people. And I think that's a really, um, and also the portfolio career is definitely something that's picking up steam. Um, and you know what I mean by that in terms of maybe doing a few days consulting for a company, maybe doing one day a week for another company as a paid employee and potentially a board role or a um, charity work, you know, so there's definitely that flexibility. I think we're so lucky as, um, as 
you know, walking, going into 21, 2021, because this really, you're right, COVID has really given us that chance to reassess, you know, we're no, not long, no longer are we defined by, okay, you're in that office block, that chair, yeah. <laughs> you're actually able to go, hang on a minute, I can do a few different things here. So I think yeah. there's definitely a thing there. And there's lots of different opportunities as well. So, yeah, you can really reflect on it at the start of the year. Yeah, there's people on the move, definitely. So there's a lot of clients who are looking for new roles who are moving onto new roles and there's others who are starting to look for other roles and other industries and people are always moving. And I think that's the thing, you know, I think I did hear a lot of negative sort of, oh, no, it's going to be so bad because of COVID. But really, I think, you know, everything's a cycle. So, yes, okay, we've had a a bit of a crappy time where no one was really moving around, but now we're going to go through some time where everybody's sort of on the move and everyone's out there and, yeah, I'm quite positive about this year. I think it's going to be great. I agree. I agree. And I think also it's in that time where 2020 also allowed us to reflect a bit on what we enjoyed and you hear of people saying, well, no, I'm going to move to the country and, and have a, yeah. a a bit of a different change. And I think also with the start of a new year, it actually gives us permission to say, well, what do I want? Like 2020 yeah. was not the year that many people expected. <laughs> but this year... Hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got vaccines and, and we yes. can go ahead and do whatever we need to do. But also, both from a family and career perspective, we've got a little bit more uh, probably control, I would say, in, in our own destiny this year. And we've been through, we've been through, I mean, if you just think back to where we were in March in Melbourne, we're both from Melbourne, you know, you think, my God, that just seemed like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I just could not get my head out of the media. And I suppose because of my background's in corporate affairs, but I was like chained to the TV and the radio and the computer and the yeah. live stream. And I think, you know, we made that through. We just, and now it's sort of, look how, I just think, look how resilient we are as well. I think so. Yes. I'm not sad to put toilet paper gate of 2020 behind us and there's no food on shelves. I'm quite happy to have food on shelves and can't believe where we are. Hey, almost you later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm so excited about 2021 of like, you know what, we can actually just sit back, reflect on the year that was and take the good and the bad. And I'm not saying 2020 was all bad either. I think there's also some good parts with it. But certainly as well, building your brand and building a profile and, and putting yourself out there. I think also, again, taking back of what do you want of your, particularly from your professional perspective on where you want to go in that journey. Also, when you're thinking about your journey, it's not just one year. Do you like to then say to your, some of your clients, is it a three or a five year or 10 year? How far in advance should we look and then, I guess, think back and what do we need to do in between? I think, uh, look, I do tell, I do, when I do work with my clients, we do start off with a 10-year, but some people prefer the five-year. I'm probably more of the vein of five years goals good because I think so much can happen, especially when you've got young children because, you know, there's other, other people to worry about. But five years is probably a good, a good starting point. And to think, okay, if, you know, because I think too with your career, especially if you have got to, you know, you are taking maternity leave and so forth, just to have that goal in five years. And if you make it in three, fantastic. But I often start thinking about what is five years, what are you doing in five years? And, you know, what, what does work look like for you? Because I knew when I, um, when I left the corporate world, I knew work was never going to look like that again. So I needed to know what was work going to look like for me defining what that looks like and the kind of work where you, you, that you enjoy and where you get your energy from. 
Yeah, it's really important. And just thinking as well, there's a lot of women, I know myself included, that don't necessarily want to go back to a grind of, you know, 40, 50 hours a week yeah. of those positions. Yeah. Uh, you do want to attract the part-time, more flexible positions. What way can we position ourselves in the marketplace to say, because there's a lot of roles and definitely corporate cultures around got to be seen for five days uh, and I was even having the ch- a chat with a friend the other day um, around you know women of three days a week can still have similar outputs of people of five days but it's totally the perception not. of three days of you know oh you're only part-time but your, your output still got quite high levels as we know working moms are very productive very <laughs> how can we position and promote ourselves is what you're saying about building a brand but also not necessarily wanting a full-time role but um, that part-time flexible work well I think that's one of the benefits of building your brand is so once you uh, the, the idea of building your personal brand is to increase your professional value so if you think about it in that way so you can command a higher salary you can once you have a good brand and people know who you are and, and they know what you're about and they see you everyone they start thinking oh wow that your professional value increases which means you then have more money in terms of you can can command more money, but you you can negotiate. So you've got negotiating power. And that's that's one of the biggest incentives, I think, if you think about building your personal brand. You want to be in a position where they want you. Well, this is my terms. And there's a lot more opportunity for people to come to you when you have a brand out there. And suddenly it's like, okay, oh, well, they'll probably know. Well, I'll have to offer her this because I won't get her unless, I'm, unless I do that. So if you think about your brand and, and your professional value and the fact that you want to be in demand, that's a good incentive, I would imagine, <laughs> to get yourself out there and, and um, start, you know, sharing what you know. Yeah, and really it doesn't matter how many days a week because you've built up your brand well enough that they're prepared to take any that's days right. a week of of what yeah, you're and I've seen it happen. I've seen it. You know, I've seen it with colleagues. I've seen it with people I've worked with. It does happen. People, people get sent. You just think about yourself when you think, "I really want to work with this person who does probably exactly the same thing to the other person." You'll wait on that list for them, or you'll wait for you know that handbag or whatever it is that you want to be, because there's enough there's enough value in it, and it's the same with you as a person and your skills and expertise. So really, I guess that comes back to around your build and your brand and identity is about building also that personal value of what people are like, oh, she must really know what she's talking about. Yeah. And, and I guess it's that sometimes perceptions reality as well. Totally. And also just, you know, creating content. I'm a big believer in creating content. It's the number one thing you can do to really stand out and amongst the people who do what you do. And I like to use a quote that I, um, sorry, a stat that I came across a few weeks ago. There's, a, I think of, um, there's about one to 2% of people in LinkedIn currently who actually generate content. So if you think about it like that, you have a massive opportunity to own some space in your field. And um, what better time than now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you know, you um, maybe just set yourself a goal of every fortnight to write write a piece that you may not have had the time to write when you were at work. And it doesn't um, need to be long either, does it? It no, can be a, a a paragraph or just sharing even an image and just giving a little bit of insights. And it's what you were saying earlier, it's your insights. That's right, it's yours. No one else can, you know, say they're not. They're like, they're, that's why it's really important to, it's your learnings or your your observations of something or your experience. A post on LinkedIn is 200 odd words. 
And if you have something longer that you wanted to write, you can write it in an article and then share the link. So you've really got two options. I mean, I often just write posts. They don't stick around on your activity list on your profile for long, but you can get, I've had up to 300,000 views on some of my posts and it's just consistency, uh, clarity and quality of content. I and you didn't start like Sarah uh, has got over 6,000 followers on LinkedIn. So if you look at it and I highly recommend following her on LinkedIn, she has some amazing tips. And as what you're talking about value earlier around part-time works, Sarah gives out great value on LinkedIn. And that's what you did to build your profile and brand on LinkedIn, wasn't it? Definitely. Definitely. You know, consistent and constantly be giving tips and value and um, sharing what you know, demonstrating your expertise. And um, that's where that's where I've been able to build a good network there of people who are... And um, LinkedIn's a really friendly place. Yeah, so it's, not, everyone, it's not scary. No, it's not. People want to... Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, people don't sell on LinkedIn. That's the one thing that you'll, you'll rarely find. There's certain etiquette rules around LinkedIn, but people are generally... Most people are there to share the value that they can offer you. That's the successful one. You know, the people who can have success on LinkedIn are there to share value. Yeah, no, that's that's really important. And what we're talking about uh, returning from mat leave and, and things like that, and as what we know, even last year in 2020, people were saying, look, I'm just grateful to have a job. I'll have any job and, and things like that. And sometimes as well, women will go back and they'll get a demotion or not. they'll take a lesser role maybe. And I remember when we were chatting many months ago, because we've tried to set up this podcast for a while, both of our calendars haven't always aligned. And you mentioned the the term not accepting the good enough role and that we always deserve better. What do you mean by this and how can we change our mindset? Um, I think when women go back to work, there is that, that, uh, what I see is there's that, I'm just so lucky to have a job. You know, lucky me. I'm oh, I'm job. grateful for the organisation. And no, you know, it's so, I don't hear men ever say that. <laughs> My male clients would never say that. Uh, they, it, you know, you, you, you've really got to hone in on what is it that, why are you, what's your value that you bring the organisation and don't ever think it's less just because you've had a child. And I know a lot of women will take a role because they don't want to have the big role and they don't want to have, you know, because of, because of family commitment. So they'll take the career corner role. But that is not, you don't have to do that. I mean, if it, if it works for you, great. But if that's not what you want, then I think you need to constantly be um, advocating for yourself rather than thinking, oh, I'm just lucky because you will have, some, I mean, you've got to back yourself. It's really important to back yourself. And the more you can, and I suppose this comes back to building your brand, because if you build your brand and you build your professional value, they wouldn't dare do that to you, you know, because they know you know your worth and they know the market knows your worth. No, it's, re- it's really important. I actually had someone say to me when I was returning back from Matlave, oh, we know that you've got a good network. And so we can't, <laughs> we can't let you go or anything like that because we've got a good network, um, both in the organisation as well as outside. So <laughs> an interesting comment to have. Yeah, there you go. And that's your professional value. And so how can we advocate for ourselves? So part of that is is definitely about demonstrating your expertise. It's about showing your confidence in meetings and speaking up for yourself and, um, and uh, you know, sharing the things that you know. So, for example, generating content on LinkedIn, being active on LinkedIn, but also what I, one of the things, I did, recently did a webinar on um, confidence and things that we do sometimes that sort of undermine our confidence and, and stop us from advocating for ourselves. And that can be, 
by using certain language or letting sort of letting other people answer for us. Um, you know, we, we sometimes fall into these habits of saying things, you know, oh, can I just ask a question? You know, it's like, no, 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 no. I have a question. So things, you know, certain things like that, that we can sometimes fall. And look, I know that that comes sometimes from lack of confidence, and especially if you just walk back into the workforce. But trying to really be able to explain why you've done something well and how, how that's benefited the company and the value you bring and the expertise you bring uh, and the perspectives that you bring are all important. And I think that people need to know that and particularly say your boss, you, you know, you don't want to shy away from that. Yeah, and don't, and as what you said just before, back yourself. You just got to give it a go. It's amazing how many times when you say to yourself, I'm just going to put my big girl pants on and I'm going to, I'm just going to give it a go because what have you got to lose? That's right. That's right. And you've just, yeah, you, you'll kick yourself afterwards if you don't. And so you've got, I believe, a framework about helping build your brand and personal profile. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Sure. So I, this is, this is, so I do a, 90 day program with my clients and this is the general framework that we go through and we start with um what's your goal how do you differentiate yourself in the market and you know what's your professional story so how have you got to where you are today not just from a you know i did this job and then i did that job but what were the themes and so forth that came through for that what do you want to be known for and how do you uh, have a clear executive brand statement so we work through all that sort of clarity side of things and then we look at your audience. So, you know, who are the stakeholders that you're going out to? Like, who are the people that, for example, on LinkedIn or um, that you really want to talk to, that you want to make an impact to? So, say, for example, you are a gun marketer and you love, you, you, you specialise in the retail space. So, who, the stakeholders in that would be CEOs in the retail space. It might be marketing directors in the retail space. There's some of the external stakeholders that, that you can start connecting with. So really sort of knowing who they are, but also what are their problems? What are the problems that, you're, that you can solve for them? And that's a great way to think about your content. What are the things that really um, annoy people? Or what are the things that you constantly asked about? I was talking to someone the other day and they said, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about AI. You know, everyone's telling me to go and do this. And, and this person's a real expert in her field. But all these people keep throwing AI, go and do AI. Go. And she's like, I'm on a write up. I said, there's a post. This is why everybody needs to stop talking about AI and marketing or, you know, <laughs> so things that you know and you just want to get off your chest sometimes. And then who are the influencers and the connectors in the industry? You know, who are the people, who are the industry bodies? Who are the real people who are putting other people together? So thinking about your audience is really important. And then messages. So uh, once you know what you want to be known for, what are the messages that you want to send out about those things? And uh, one of the things that I often say, one of my messages is, um, you know, if you're not visible, you're invisible. So nobody knows you and no one's going to be able to find you to give you the opportunities that you want. So that's sort of understanding those values, being able to articulate your value. And, um, and also, what are your own secrets? You know, what are the things that you know about, only you know about? And then it's about impact. So where are you showing up online? Um, where are your brand touch points? You know, are you also on Instagram? Are you also on Twitter? What, what does that look like? Are you consistent? And um, also looking at your online Google profile, you know, when you Google someone, <laughs> how many old articles are on there? Are they related to old things? Or is there nothing, which is even worse? <laughs> uh, your social presence, your online presence and so forth. So we sort of walk through those sort of four areas. And um, at the end of that, I'm, my clients are out there generating their content and showing up online and starting to get the results. So, so that, yeah, that's, and it's funny, I've worked this process really based on what I did for myself but also what I learned working with executives in the corporate space, in corporate affairs for many years. So, 
I think it's really useful because it's certainly something that given it's, you know, early on in, in 2021 that you can, you can do this now and it's a great time to, to really get that, that clarity as, as also what you said about the start of, you know, 2021, new start, what do you want to be known for, you know, and what are you then going to do to position yourself? You may not necessarily want that new role tomorrow or next year, but as well in three, five, ten years' time, I'm sure you're going to want to grow personally and professionally that yes. by thinking about those things and, and look, I know in my own personal experiences that I knew between kids that I just wanted a steady role, but I still wanted to learn and grow and, and stretch myself within reason. And then yes. when I then come back from mat leave, you know, the year I'm then going, okay, very similar. What are my next five year goals? Because I don't necessarily want to be doing what I've done for the last five years. No, um, no, it's about right. that change, but you don't necessarily need that change straight away, but no, you can no, have that change right. incrementally as well. Yes. And that's what, I suppose that's what brand audience too. You know, you do have that compounding value. It's just, you know, the more consistent you are, the more people just start to know you. And it's amazing. I've had people say, ring me and say, oh, I follow you on LinkedIn. And you think, oh, wow. You know, these things happen all the time. Once you start building your, your brand, you start attracting those opportunities. Yeah. And the other thing I find, um, when you know what you want to be known for and you choose a couple of things and you really back your knowledge around those you suddenly don't feel like you have to be across everything else. So, you know, if you're a digital, if you want to be known for digital marketing, suddenly you don't have to be across, you know, I don't know, ad spend, like, because <laughs> that's not your thing, right? This is your thing, digital marketing. So uh, it can build your confidence as well. And even internally as well. So if you work for even a small or a large organisation, it's useful building your brand. I know my personal experience internally so people Definitely. get to know you they you know i've worked across so many different topics that uh when people are leaving people are like oh how do you know that person i'm like oh i worked <laughs> on in a random project maybe 10 years ago yeah. on an m a or something but i've been able to keep up some of those relationships so it's not just about the external part of it, it's also the internal side isn't it and it's but yeah, definitely. And in fact, it's funny. I find that some people will spend too only on the internal. So they might have a great brand internally, but no one knows them externally. Mm. Uh, that's more common, to be honest, because and then what happens is, unfortunately, if something happens, like they lose their job, that, you know, unfortunately, all that goodwill they've built up can, doesn't really translate. So it's good to have the balance. It's definitely important to build it internally, definitely, and to continue those relationships outside. And also make sure you're connected with those people on LinkedIn. So yes. <laughs> as you can probably tell, Sarah and I are big advocates for LinkedIn. Um, yeah. This is not paid by We're LinkedIn, by the way. <laughs> no, no, that's true. It is um, very bad. But there's, mm. there's so many opportunities and as what you say, the best networking. And even in, you know, we've had 2020 of, of COVID, but it's been a great way of keeping in touch with people I said on LinkedIn. And, and I often say, if you're not on posting on LinkedIn, your competitor or someone else is, so you need to be front of mind. And, but also just quickly being known for something, you don't need to be known for 20 different things. Do you? No, no, How no, many no, things should you be known for? Two, two or three at the most. Uh, yeah. Two or three, because I don't think that if you, you can always put things under that. So say your leadership, right? You might go, okay, leadership's my thing. Or say digital marketing. Doesn't mean you can't touch other topics within that. 
you know, it might be the best uh, leaders in digital marketing or that might, you know, how I, my leadership skills have improved by my knowledge of digital. I don't know what, you, you know, whatever you can brainstorm, but um, you can always have subcategories underneath that. It's just that your two main content pillars that you back all your content and knowledge around, ideally you'd have two of them. Very good. Very good. And so Sarah, I know we can talk all day on LinkedIn <laughs> and branding and things like that. Yeah. I, I I love the topic and, and trying to also make sure that women know their value as well, just because you're a mum, yes. you've still got yeah. so much value um, and street cred out there. Is there any final hints and tips and that you can say to people listening for 2021? This is really what I think uh, can really help you and, and other gems of or nuggets of gold. I definitely think being visible and showing up online is the most important thing you can do this year. And it's going to be, uh, it's only going to get more. So if you can start today, and even if it's in a small way, then um, you'll be you'll be well set for the future and always look after yourself. Yeah, well. no, that's great. I think it's, and that really summarises, yeah, what you've been saying today about being yeah. visible and, and really building that personal profile. Yes. And don't be scared because it's, it's, once you hit that sort of initial god i can't believe i'm doing this it just gets easier <laughs> i can test that on so many different levels particularly starting yeah. this podcast i was like <laughs> true. true gets easier every day and sarah what do you do for self-care uh i actually do uh weightlifting so I uh, love to train. Three, I've just started running again as well. But I uh, train about three days a week, weightlifting and deadlifts and so forth. And I've been doing that for about four years, maybe a bit longer. And that's definitely, definitely my um, self-care. Fantastic. I also, my, I also get my hair blow dried every week. As, and I have done that since I was 18. And <laughs> if I didn't have that, I think I, that, that's what keeps me sane, those two things. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and so, Sarah, how can people connect with you? So I'm on LinkedIn, believe it or not. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm also on Instagram um, at Sarah Macris Australia and I have a website, um, sarahmacris.com.au, so I can be found there. And I highly recommend checking out Sarah. She's run a number of webinars recently with that's got great value, really useful hints and tips. Uh, and also if you follow her on LinkedIn, she's uh, no surprise. She's writing content and it's a content that's a real value. Uh, so highly recommend it. I know that I've certainly learned a lot by just following Sarah and attending a couple of her webinars. So uh, reach out. And I have to say, thank you so much, Sarah. I wish you all the best for 2021. And I hope you achieve and thank exceed you for those to big audacious hairy goals that you've set Subscribe yourself. to the podcast on iTunes, luck Spotify, you or your well. favorite podcast catcher. Listening to more podcasts I invite you also <laughs> to join the Working Mama Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. And enjoy Thanks, in the conversation Bye. with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.